You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 155th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt. A uh, little itchy, a little scratchy, some slight swelling, Minneapolis. And this is Spencer <laughs> in Boston where everything's fine and I didn't have to ride any Grand Fondos this weekend. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. I, I also didn't gra- grind any gravel. I didn't grind any gravel either. Huh. I didn't it was do mushy. any. I didn't do any Grand Fondos, nor did I do the GFNY where I was. And, what? And I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. Wait, so I'm confused. For most of the people, I went to GFNY New York City World Championships. Okay, got it's it. very important. It is not a Grand Fondo. It is the GFNY because unlike the Grand Fondos that you see around the U.S., where they only do the dumb like time climb thing, like reverse enduro, they actually time the entire course, which is pretty unique in the U.S. setup. So therefore, they're trying to get away from this whole idea that it's like a fondo. So you're getting off on a technicality, is what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, super it's confusing. Like a whole, it's I, so it's not confusing once you're there, standing on the George Washington Bridge at five in the morning, watching the sunrise come over Manhattan. That's not confusing yeah, at all. That's not it's confusing. badass. It sounds so, pretty badass. It sounds badass. How how was the was the not fondo? The GFNY. World Championships was once again great. This is the third year I, I got to go. In the past, I've gone with work. So this was the first time I've actually gotten to go to the event and see the whole thing. And I did the Facebook Live feed coverage. So I basically had to buy a selfie stick in <laughs> Times Square, which mm-hmm. was really awkward. And the souvenir guy totally tried to hustle me some dollars. So I went mm. to the Kmart down yeah. the street where I price matched them and it got a lot cheaper. Price <laughs> match. <laughs> Oh, that's and, weird. Yeah, I know, right? And then, uh, so I got a selfie stick. If you guys were wondering how much a selfie stick's going for, it's thirteen ninety nine. Um, huh. but then I mahogany, uh, right? I basically stood outside of a sunroof at twenty five miles an hour for about a hundred mile bike ride with uh, a cohort of mine, uh, Omar Tejada, who's a racer out of uh, New York City. While he was doing the uh, commentary during the event, okay. it went great. We had a couple thousand people watching, asking all types of questions. And I got to tell you, it's a, uh, it's probably the most professional race run thing that I could participate in. Like I've, I've been to Ken Woods. I've been to a lot of USA cycling events <laughs> that are pretty crappy. <laughs> this thing is amazing. So I think that's why it's important. Ken to... Woods under the bus, uh, which is a very think... well known race in Minnesota that thirty or forty people go to every year. Well, I guess what. What I'm getting towards okay. the man, the Florida State Road Racing Championships. Any road uh-huh. race I've ever done with a USA Cycling designation, yeah. has been far less professional than oh. this event. I mean, and... I think that's what the USA Cycling logo on the flyer means, right? That you can lower your <laughs> expectations down to a certain level. Whereas this event, 
this the way they set it up so that it just so little guy if you went to it since you're a elite level racer you know a little category uh, two in the uh, cross and road yep. you would be able to totally. to line up near the front corral so you wouldn't be in the back with you know the rest of the uh now you know, they don't they don't make the, sure that I've gotten a result in the last like five years on the road, right? It's just just because I've been ma- I've been maintaining purchasing okay. a license up till now. I haven't purchased a license. Yet, so you may it, get a but. sponsorship exemption to get up front, but nice. my point is is that there's a lot of high quality racers in that front, like 200 people, but then there's 4,500 participants that are behind you just going out on their nice like. They're challenging themselves for that ride to break the right. time, similar so to what we'll so get to in a second with the Almanza. We, we wouldn't get stuck in the scrum. Yes. And so I think people need to get away from oh, that. Nerves. And then they also do drug testing um, before and after. So there's uh, they, they hire um, testers to come in. And then I don't know if you saw the pictures that were on our Instagram feed at Whiting, uh, the Slow Ride Pod on Instagram. The USA Cycling had a commissaire there with the whole like tablet checking for motors. That's pretty bikes. sweet. Yeah, I saw that. That's that's waggy. It's Did they wacky. find any motors? Not that I know of. Okay. I mean, I think we would have heard. I was taking lots of photos and just following the guy around and like trying to look and see if I could rewrite the app on my own. <laughs> Were you? Uh, yeah, there's probably big bucks in that. Um, did you notice when he was going around when you were following him around? Did you notice anyone like suspiciously being like? Uh, I I left something at the car and like <laughs> heading off never to be seen no. again. No, not at all. But uh, there's a couple of other things I do want to point out just from the start, little guy, that you would like. They had a campy corral, so you could get into like the second corral behind the uh, race winners. So they have events all around the world, like 17 events around the world next year, 20, yeah, something like that. If you win one of those, if you win one of the regional championships, you get an all expense trip paid paid trip to New York City. You finish in the top ten percent nice. of those. You're in that first corral. Yeah. Okay. Then the second corral, so that's like a hundred people. The second corral is the Campy Riders Club. So if you have a full Campy setup, you get like up there. How how how? And um, they check. Yeah. How how like how picky are they? So like if you show up and maybe like you broke your front derailleur, you put an Altegra on the front. Are they going to be like get out of here? Uh, yeah, it sounds no, like it. Prob- well, more than likely, what was catching a lot of people <laughs> up was the need for Campy wheels. You have to have campy wheels. Yeah. Oh, man, that's tough. That's sick. But there were some pretty impressive bikes full campied out there. Um, As a title sponsor, I got to meet Mr. Campagnola. um, Mr. You know. Yeah, definitely a Mr. And when he walked in, he's the grandson of the founder. When he walked in, it was pretty clear that he was Italian. He kind of had the Chippo Chippo look a little bit. You Uh know, like very like, ooh. And they had disc brakes on display. Which was pretty cool. So that was the yeah. first time in the U.S. that you could see the disc brakes in person. Did you get to play with them? Yeah, they felt awesome. Okay, I I heard all about how they're it. better than the uh, other brands. Well, obviously, uh, that goes without saying. And um, so, uh, tell me how these are better than the uh, other <laughs> brands' brakes? Well, you see, they are Italian. <laughs> That's pretty much how it went, from what I could gather. And that they're all made of steel. The rotors are actually made of steel, so they don't warp under speed, under heat duress. And they also Makes just sense. look better. Um, That's so kind of camp- one of Campy's main things. Uh-huh. The, the, yeah. the race itself, I got to say this about New York City. There's some pretty sweet climbs out there that are within riding distance of New York City. So 
Yeah, Derek now, Lewis. now we're just going to hear all the Derricks of the world I telling know. us how great all the riding is out there again. Oh, but let me so just say this. Great, like, <laughs> Derek Lewis did chime in on Twitter, uh-huh. and he wanted um, to know if on the Facebook feed I waved at every single cyclist on the George Washington Bridge that morning, which would be 4,700 waves, and no, I did not. I think I think you can do one big wave and kind of cover everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, kind of like a anyways, princess on a float. So... You know what's exciting, little guy? Uh, I don't know if you even know this, but I could have, I could have gotten that campy corral because I have campy wheels. But you don't have a campy group. Well, but I have the wheels. I have some yeah, campy. I have the campy Atlanta '96 so, uh, wheel set. Oh, that's true. Oh, nice. That's true. So, can I tell you how they were checking? The way they were checking to get into the campy corrals, you just had to bring a picture of you with your bike with campy to the. Um, the campy booth at the expo, and okay. then you got okay. a pass. And you get a so pass. you could do a stylistic shot, Spencer, of you with your head next to like the wheels blocking out the drivetrain. Oh, I could just, I could just give them a shot from a couple years ago when all my bikes were campy, playing all the <laughs> you, glory days. Do you think I could have brought in the picture of my workbench in the basement currently, which is a ten-speed uh, ergo lever completely disassembled? Uh, laid out piece by piece with the new piece in there waiting to go in when I when I find the time to reassemble that thing, which is a pain. But you can do it, so it's great. Your whole basement's a campy graveyard, really. Pretty much. Pretty much. I do want to get to two things before we move on. Uli, the uh, organizer of the event, he has sponsored the Slow Ride podcast before in the past, and um, he is very uh, vocal on his anti-doping feelings, and then also just... I've never seen a promoter handle um, dumb questions as well as him. And what I mean by that is people coming up to him after complaining about various people. things, such as the color of uh, the porta potties. To hey, what? why did I get? Why did I get? Why did my time get cut off? I was doing the fifty mile, and why did I get cut off? And he's like, "Well, sorry, your experience was bad, but we have to be off the mountain by eleven forty, and you weren't there in time, which is like a ten mile an hour average." Like at some point, yeah. you gotta kind of cut it off, and um, people coming up to him the night before the race asking for like VIP parking for their uh, like they Sprinters. brought up twenty riders with them and they had a sprinter and they're like yeah. we don't want to park far away we want to park in the VIP and of course that's sold right like if you yeah. want to <laughs> if you want to park there you've got to yeah. pay money to park there and they don't want to pay even yeah. though they're charging riders to do their VIP bike service. I hear um, there's a lot of. Uh parking opportunities so, in new york city so tim um <laughs> what color were the porta potties yeah this is a big controversy i mean and the porta potties I, I experienced satellite industries out of st paul minnesota for all of us that have uh, been in one of those uh-huh. they, they were blue, team. blue. Um, i i so think that okay. they should have been green like on brand i think that's what the complaint was that they needed to be green on brand <laughs> that's um, insane to complain about i got to meet uh wit raymond yeah i got to work with him and you guys maybe don't know who that is but nope. he's like nope. the uh he's the the announcer of triathlon and other events that you've seen on the olympics like one of those like really mm. powerful voices okay um They've also just put up the uh, teaser feed of the race itself. They have great coverage. So, so is this like a uh, was this a um, immovable object? <laughs> is the it's the um, immeasurable force or whatever when you two had to talk to each other? Oh yeah, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> so great times. I really want to thank uh, GFNY. I I look forward to going back next year. I hope other people will go. I 
it's it's not a Grand Fondo. It is an actual race, and it's the race a race on rolling enclosed roads with great support that is funded by everyone being I able believe to you. race. Can together. I ride my fat bike? Yes, you can, but you would have Done. to make the time limits. I'm there. Challenge Get an accepted. Electric one. Uh, sounds good. To well, you. you can't have an electric one because they're checking for motors. Although, um, that would be pretty funny if someone just brought an electric bike and didn't care when the guy you know checked what? for that, motors. It was just like, yeah, there's you. a motor. I, I that all here. sounds it's too fancy. It sounds too extravagant for me, Tim. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna retire back to gravel racing. Uh, you know, low key, low budget, no, no timing. No GPS files, none of that. Where can well, I was, find something like that? It was Take the granddaddy back. of them all, right? Uh, this weekend, and little guy well, was our correspondent on the ground. They on the ground, racing. on the yep. scene. Yep, this is the point of the podcast where I usually talk about how, cu- counterpoint to Tim going to New York City, I went to small town Minnesota and communed with the common folk and raced a real down-to-the-earth, salt-of-the-earth sort of bike race, except it was cold this year, so I didn't go. <laughs> No, <laughs> you it, it was it, you guys it was no hang on 50 50 was the high it was windy and you guys um, know southern minnesota wind and it literally rained solidly the entire day like downpoured the whole day i would have died i don't I've, understand how people survived i've been led to believe that you were from minnesota yeah i am from minnesota i had just spent the previous five days out riding in the rain and i was like I think I'm staying home. All right. It's always been, Spencer, as you know, we did it twice together. It's always been like between 75 and 90 degrees. It's always yeah. been perfect. Yeah. And then this year, total flipperoo death. It was terrible. I couldn't go. I wimped out. I didn't go. I didn't want to camp. Well, I didn't want to do anything in that weather. I'm hats I off to understand. the people that did it. You know, every year we do give a quick little, like the Almanzo. It's free. You just send in that postcard. It's free. It's you get free. to show up to uh, Spring awesome. Valley, Minnesota and race. Unless and it's, it's 50 degrees, in which yeah. case I imagine it was so, miserable. I do but. have a, um, a little add-on. I was able to interview uh, Joan Hanscom of USA Cycling at the GFNY. Yeah. And I asked her about when uh, the gravel the gravel series, the USA Cycling professional gravel series calendar is going to get started. Um, and there was not an answer to that. And I also asked her if the fat bike nationals is going to continue and she did a professional job of um deflecting that question uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then micah rice chimed in later like fat bikes rule so interesting um kind well, of he just lost all credibility that's unfortunate because he's a donor yeah. to the network <laughs> i know <laughs> throw so, him under the bus huh another good weekend of racing and we will get to the oh. you know the big stories of the the giro and whatnot Tim- later Tim, real quick, are those GFNY videos you did, are those available still on Facebook? Can you go back and watch those, or are they yeah. just like a live-only thing? No, you can. Oh, good. And the security guard kicked me out of the bike valet. <laughs> I was doing one where I was doing like a scouting of the bikes in the bike valet, uh-huh. and I found the, the <laughs> DeRosa. Like, this guy's a crook. <laughs> I found like the DeRosa custom paint job GFNY bike from a few years ago okay. with the full campy setup, and I took the guy's bike off, put it up against the wall, and was like filming it. Cristiano DeRosa in Italy, in, yeah, in no Italy, shit. liked it. Like the founder of DeRosa was like, "Yes," or the you know the the president of DeRosa was like, "Ah, oh, great job." Then all of a sudden, you hear on the video the guy goes like, "Excuse me, sir," 
And he just comes over. What are you doing? You can't touch that. And then I'm like, I got kicked off. So I had a, I got kicked out of the, um, yeah, the bike valet area. There. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I would have kicked you out too. Don't touch another man's door. You're lucky you didn't get tased. <laughs> Could have been bad. Um, so, guys, there is two big races. We're gonna after the after the break, we'll get to the Giro. But there's only really two stories out of, uh, sorry, three stories out of the Tour of California that need to be covered. <laughs> The first thing that uh, needs to be covered is the um, the, the insurance bill itself. Ba boom, the oh. the crap that is Katusha oh, for releasing for the entire um, contents of their RV just on the side of the road like it's Russia, and <laughs> it's actually in California where we have environmental standards. And of course, oh, the UCI and race instructors took swift action. And what did they do? They didn't kick the team out. No, no they didn't do that. They kicked out the two guys. That actually did it because you know that Putin gave a call to the team bus and said, hey, find two guys to release it. I think it's ridiculous that the the, the people being suspended yeah. here are the ones doing the act and not the entire team. The entire team needs to be held accountable. The manager, for sure. Like, is Ekimov there? Kick that dude out. He probably has an arrest warrant on because of the whole, like, uh, postal um, scandal. This... This this just this confirmed really makes me mad. So I midweek before I saw this, I I was gonna talk to you guys about whether or not whether or not you feel weird cheering for Katusha and specifically Zacharin at the Giro, and and I was sort of on the fence. I kind of like him, but I hate Katusha, and the now it's not a question anymore. I can't cheer for him. And I can't cheer for Katusha. So you know, I mean, this is ridiculous. What do you think, Spencer? I I have no opinion. It's, uh, right. it's it sounds like a shitty situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. we're just waiting for that layup. Slam it down. Thank you. On to the next thing at the Tour of California, and that of course is Talansky doing the state of Florida some good. And I guess by happenstance, Cannondale by taking a stage win, guys. The future of American stage racing is here, and his name Whoa. is Andrew Talansky. Future is he like thirty years old? Keep going. No, that's it. Talansky wins. Cannondale somehow wins the so, Pro Tour race. First time since David Formolo in 2015 at the Giro. Yeah, it's Close. been a long time for them. And that uh, I read somewhere that that leaves Katusha now at the bottom of the win list for longest uh, streak without a win. So they're at almost a year now. Really? And Which seems crazy because they have Kristoff. That does seem crazy. I'm but surprised. Cannondale actually has had some decent results. They've won team classifications of events, you know, but they just haven't, like... Okay, so uh, team classification yeah. of event is not really anything. Like, I was just like, about to jump in, Spencer, but you beat me to the punch of being like, team classification? Who cares? That's sort of like that, yeah, participation <laughs> ribbon in cycling, you know what I mean? I, uh, like, you know, the only time anyone thinks it cool, it's cool is when Quick Step does it because they they win like 55 stages in a race and like break everyone's spirit. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like they're doing it. Well, you get the cool, yeah. like you get the number, you know, the numbers that are like yellow or they're pink. I don't know. That's pretty cool. Maybe. Yeah. It's never, <laughs> it's, I, here's the thing. You'll see it a grand tour and there'll be a team that will have the team classification. I feel like they won't mention it. They don't really yeah. care because, because they're trying to win the race and then you'll see Cannondale or somebody 
throwing Cannondale back under the bus, but they'll be like, hey, we're leading the team competition. And you're like, ooh, <laughs> that's really embarrassing that that's what you had to talk about. We're yeah. second in the youth classification. Oh, you're seven minutes down. <laughs> and then we've got um, yeah. the other the other news, I think, is the, the saddest news, which actually raised some, um, some important questions. And that, of course, is the crash of uh, Tom Skunes, who we've uh, had some interaction with. Uh, on the periphery with, mm-hmm. and he had a horrible crash, obviously concussed, um, ended up a what broken bone somewhere in there. Is it a rib or was it just, uh, that? I think it was concussion. just the, uh, just the blow to the head, a lot of road rash okay. and stuff. Yeah. Thank you. And he does go home. Um, I thought there was, there needed to be some surgery. Yeah. He's having some kind um, of surgery. Maybe so. he did. And yeah. I so we wish him the best. Uh, horrible crash. Uh, we did not uh, see it because I don't watch the tour of California, but nor was it on the uh, the TV. But you know, obviously, kind of a friend of the podcast. He's uh, tweeted with us before, and um, mm-hmm. we send yeah. him our uh, well wishes. Yeah, and uh, we'll see if we can uh, uh, so tweet at him, let him know that you're thinking of him. Collarbone. He is. Uh, is it a collarbone? Thank you. Yeah. Um, and he continued to ride on. So sad news out uh, tour of California and. Do you guys know who actually won without looking right now? Yeah, yes. Bennett won. George Bennett. Who's from that? Yellow Lotto. Yellow, Yellow Lotto, Lotto, thank yeah. you. How did uh did anybody from like Team Rally do well? They had a stage win, didn't they? They had two stage wins. Oh wow. Yeah. There you go. Same guy. That's pretty good. It's the first time a continental team has won anything at the Tour of California. So Oh nice. Well just which leads to the next thing, talking to Tour of California. Quick question for you, um, Chris Chris Horner, Quiz Corner, little guy. Is Chris Horner officially retired? I have never heard anything confirming a retirement. Have you? I have not. Spencer, have you? I have not uh, heard anything that definitive one way or the other. But then again, I'm not really out there looking for Chris Horner information. So, I've got I'm to imagine if- that he would ride... If somebody called him up and offered hey, a contract, look, I, let's um, let's just what why I talk through this little guy. I want you to go to USA Cycling, see if he's actually registered for a race this year. See if see if there's a result. Because oh, I am of the belief I that, hate the USA Cycling website that You're he has not. <laughs> my guess is that he has not uh, officially retired because he's holding out hope to be asked to uh, be a uh, guest rider at an important race like Tour of Utah or something, right? Like he's hoping mm. that his credibility and his name is going to, uh, you know, get his uh, team in. But there I you mean, go. I well, mean, they have like... a master's field there? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, I mean, pro cycling stats, yeah, he doesn't have a team, but it doesn't say, you know, there's no, like, official retirement all right, there you notice go. or something. Chris Horner's still available for all the team directors out there looking for the uh, the mystery rider. Um, we did get a, a few emails this week. I want to uh, bust one in real quick. You can always email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. It. it makes you feel good. Do it. Um, that's right. This one comes to us from the race promoter. And he says, Hey, what's the best swag you've ever received from a race asking for a friend who is putting on a cross race. And of hmm. course, this is someone with a email that starts with race promoter. So I'm assuming it's them. I have my answer, but Spencer, what's the best swag you've ever received at a bike race? Well, <clears throat> to receive swag at a bike race, one has to do several things I've learned in my research, one of which is to place well in a bike race, um, which I, I don't do that often, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, so most what? of the swag I've, got, I've won at races 
has been like from the raffle afterwards. Um, and uh, I think probably the best I've done is a pump, which isn't very exciting. Um, I want a pump I too. The, yeah. I think I I've got a... some t shirts and stuff. Like, that's fine. Uh, All right. I've got a couple of comments here first off when i think of swag i think of stuff that everyone right stuff we all get it's like this is your opening gift that you get for registering for the race and then maybe uh i guess preems and giveaways i I could see where you're going at from there i I think i did i did win a a head wheel set um once that uh when i got last place in a time trial that was really cool um still have that wheel set actually i still ride that wheel set um and then i the best thing I ever got, like in my uh, entry bag, besides the hammer gel in that hammer bag that they give out, okay. was a can koozie. And in fact, I'm using that same can koozie tonight. So this is for the Tampa Riverfront Cyclocross race from Orange State Cycling down in Tampa. And this, nice. is, this koozie has come in very handy. So you can never go wrong with a can koozie. I mean, I've got a lot of can koozies, and they don't do me really any good at all. So uh, not even on the ginger beers. No. Um, I, I, I don't have a problem with cans or bottles being too cold. I just, I don't know what the problem is. I don't, <laughs> I also don't, you know, I don't put those sleeves on my coffee either. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm. What about you, little guy? Best. You uh, got those. We swag. all know Spencer's got like hands of steel. Neither heat, <laughs> yeah. heat nor cold can, can penetrate his <laughs> iron fist. It's true. Me, I mean, stuff at the beginning of a race, I guess like those the the uh, apple cinnamon hammer gel. That's probably the best thing I've ever gotten. God that's, damn, that's, that's those good. are disgusting. Are you kidding that me? That's the worst so, flavor. Of those those are apple so good. cinnamon are awful. I saw what kind of other... apple is that little guy? Is that like a, uh, is that like a garbage? <laughs> no, the other day I saw a hammer gel packet on the ground, and I actually had like a craving for an apple cinnamon hammer gel. Gross. <laughs> Hey, listeners, let us know what your favorite flavor hammer gel or gel um, is. Uh, you can always tweet us. I, let us know I'll, what you think. I, I can tell you what mine is. What? And it's boring as hell, but you know what? They Fun go down hurt. easy, and I never have any trouble with them during races or anything. I just get the vanilla, man. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, I think the cran, the cran raspberry is good. The, the, worst, the worst flavor is the unflavored one. You ever had that? And it's yeah. just like... It's not it's good. Just, like a substance. Spencer, what were those weird kind of off-markety ones that you had for a while that you, you gave me a bunch of that I think you probably got like off the like the like get this out of here table at Q. Uh-huh. I feel like for a while gels? they were like they were expired when we had them. I remember going to races for like a year and these it was like 2012 yeah. when we had all these like 2011 expired gels. It was like some brand we'd never heard of but we were like, "Oh, it's better than nothing. It's just sugar." Yeah. They were, I don't remember what they were, but they were like some holiday flavor. They were like, they were, a, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Mint, brownie mint or something weird. Yeah. Like, oh, gross. Yeah, they were pretty bad. I haven't got a gel in years. Um, so the best, uh, the best, I got a best thing, which is when I won that bike in the raffle at yeah. the, uh, at the, yeah. the Red Barn race, which was sweet because I was at the car changing, not even paying attention to the raffle, putting on my pants and people start yelling at me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you won a I, uh, like a single speed cross bike, right? Yeah, single speed uh, felt. Do you still have it? I do not have it. I felt kind of bad selling it. What'd but you I, do with it? I sold it because I owned. I at that point I owned two cross bikes. One of them was a single speed, and it it didn't make any sense to have two. 
Um, I rode it. Away bikes as swag at events. So it's true. It fit me. So hang on. Now, now I have. We have two raffle winners amongst the three of us here. Tim won a wheel set at a raffle at a bike race and still has it and uses it. Little guy won a bike race at a raffle and sold it immediately. What? No, I raced. I raced it once. That's right. You did. Yeah. Sold it pretty quick. Yeah, pretty quick. Is there an etiquette like with raffle winnings? Can if you win something and you're not going to use it, or even if you are going to use it but it's worth something, like it's yours, right? You can just sell it. Like, yeah. is it bad form, or do you consider it like? And this isn't a personal thing on you, little guy. I'd want to know for our listeners who might win something in the future. Yeah, I think it's. So I won a, a bar and stem at uh, another race one time and i i tried really hard to find a use for that it was a nice bar and stem but i it it ended up just kind of sitting around because i didn't want to sell it kind of i felt bad about selling it and but i couldn't find a use for it like i was like i'd have to build a totally other bike because as it was i already had like an extra bar and like richie bar and stem and it was i i the bike is hard because that's a huge thing like just to like space in your life like bare minimum like you might be like i don't even have room for another bike um whereas like yeah. part i feel like i feel like you should make an effort like did you use those uh shimano brakes you won the one time oh um i had planned to yeah i was really excited about winning them and i was gonna put them on uh on a bike and i saved them for about a year before the plans for that bike kind of fell out and yeah. i just ended up selling them yeah so i think I you forgot can, i won those i, I think yeah. if you win something like that you know the wheels i needed yeah but anything like a frame i i understand why you got to get rid of it bar and stem like yeah you can sell them remember the guy that won five like e90 forks at the fairgrounds crate in the cat fives when Derek <laughs> well, lewis was putting that thing you on need to Cobalt, sell those yeah and he yeah. sold he had to sell like five of them because he yeah it was pretty funny but i will say that the State Fairgrounds crit under the Cat 6 leadership had one of the greatest prizes ever for a preem, and that was the $5 off coupon for Golden Plump Chicken. Yes. That was that was great because that, that hit you in the feels when you went to the grocery store and you had to you know save some money for the family. I, I think you also got that for third place because I, I got third place in a okay. Cat 3 crit out there, and I remember being like, really, I got third? Because I, I won a growler, which was sweet, except... So a lot of places you win a growler. This is a common thing at races, and they give you like a coupon to go and get a growler. At the State Fair Crits back in the day, they would just give you an empty growler yeah. that you could go to get filled up. But I hadn't ridden over there with a bag or anything. I just had a jersey on, so I had to ride home in the rain after crit being exhausted with my finger, you know, a growler like with my finger through the little loop and the growler. <laughs> I mean, it was empty, but it was still heavy and awkward, and I was just scared I was going to drop it the whole time. Right on it the was... bike path, and then... yeah. Well, you know what you could have done, little guy? Huh. You just put it right down the back of your shorts. <laughs> yeah, it would have been... It would have yeah, we got really a lot of well. feedback on that banana in the shorts, so uh, thanks for everyone. <laughs> That's and a good I, point. My one advice is just don't give out a t-shirt. I have way too many race t-shirts. Oh, I so. agree. No more t-shirts, man. I want to make I want to make a t-shirt decision in my life. I don't think I've made a t-shirt acquisition decision <laughs> in about 15 years, and I still own like 47 t-shirts. Now, we did yeah. get tweeted at this uh, week um, with one quick uh, one before we go on the preem lap here. Stephen Hyde's old 
and first cyclocross bike, an old Bianchi cyclocross bike, was on eBay, and it was sent to us. And it was even advertised as the head. The headline was Bianchi Steel Stephen Hyde Cyclocross Frame, and it was <laughs> sold for three hundred eighty-one dollars after twenty-one after twenty bids. And this race, it's got a nice sticker on it. It's a little. Uh, it's been definitely ridden through its uh, put through its uh, graces. I called um, Sluggos and uh, talked okay. to the individuals there at the, the front counter, and they had no idea what I was talking about. So then I texted um, my friend Ryan, who used to work at Sluggos there, and say, hey, Ryan, is this really the real deal? And he passed on that it is, in fact, Stephen Hyde's bike, and that it had caused some controversy the way that it was advertised on eBay in the Pensacola cycling community because there were individuals that clearly wanted the bike for their own collections, including the dealer – that sold that bike to Stephen Hyde, who wanted it. So I kind of uh, feel yeah. a little bad that then we put it out on eBay rather than uh, you know keeping it kind of in the family, if you will, at the the store where uh, Stephen Hyde worked, where he hey, first got that bike. We didn't put it on the eBay. Yeah, it's not our fault. We, you know, <laughs> oh, it's, it's out not there. Our fault. It's out there. I'm just, I'm just saying it was out there that it was uh, it was uh, there. So there you go. Stephen Hyde's bike was on eBay. If you slept, you missed it. He does have a sticker on there that does say this bike is a pipe bomb. Tim, interesting. From the band. Do they have one person at Sluggos who fields all your weird ass Stephen Hyde calls during the day? Like, are they like, oh god, yeah, hold on, Tim, and then they patch you through to a certain assistant manager who's like, yeah, 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 another Hyde question, dude. It's the lunch rush. <laughs> no, they don't have lunch rushes there because it's all vegans, so it's all like, wait, vegans don't eat lunch? No, like three o'clock brunch. What? All right, let's go to the preem lap. This is Elred, bartender at Slogos. Who is this Stephen Hyde character? You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, I'm let's get it over out. with. All right, you're on the lead out. Yeah. Hurry up. Hey Spencer, what do we? I, I'm on the I'm on the front, just drilling it here. What's the lap for this week? This week, uh, the preem lap is Health IQ. And right. Health IQ is a life insurance company uh, that gets better rates for cyclists and other active people. That's um, us. Yeah, it sounds like us. It sounds like you. Um, we've talked about them before. I'm sure you're familiar. Um, but if you're not, go to healthiq.com slash slowride. To learn a little bit more about what they have uh, to offer, you can also take a quiz uh, on your cycling knowledge. Uh, it's <laughs> it's actually pretty fun to take. Um, you could you could try some other ones too if uh, maybe cycling's if you're not an expert like Tim Hayes. Um, well, I just, I want to say that guys, tomorrow I have um, my life insurance question and answer. Uh, um, section right where they where they ask like you you meet with the real life person on the uh, telephone and you answer some questions about what's mm-hmm. going on next step stuff so next. there you go yeah. I'm becoming nice. an adult and I'm hoping I'm assuming because I'm athletic and I'm active that I'm going to save a little bit of money on my life insurance oh yeah oh yeah I got my quote That's the plan it's 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 the real deal it's legit so here's the uh, here's the blurb um, the this podcast is supported by Health IQ, a life insurance company that celebrates the health conscious, including cyclists. Visit healthiq.com slash slowride to learn more and get your free quote. 
and check out their FAQ page, get your questions answered. All right. So with that out of the way, this show is also brought to you by the Wide Angle Podium. The Wide Angle Podium is a network of podcast shows. Uh, We have lots of great cycling-related and cycling-adjacent content up there. Um, Great stuff like Crosshairs Radio, uh, Honest Bicycle Program, The Myerson Line. Uh, We got to hang out. And The Consummate Athlete, uh, to name a few. Um, all these shows are putting out great content, uh, almost all the time. Um, so pretty much every day that you check back, and you'll find something new. There's been some quant- content coming out from my uh, favorite underground podcast of them all there. And of course that's the kids don't follow podcast Yeah, with, uh, Bill and the gang talking about music, some good stuff. And then the dirt field recordings, there's a really good interview with Michael Creed who led, um, the Supermint team. Uh, at the uh, with uh, um, the dirt field, uh, Lindsay at the mm-hmm. uh, Tour of California Women's Edition. That was also very exciting to listen to. So good stuff. I do want to say that super smooth to become a member of the Slow Ride Pod of uh, the Wide Angle Podium Network. You can support. You can choose what show you want. So let's say you don't like the Slow Ride Podcast, but you really like we got to hang out. You the money can be funneled and directed to them and support their endeavors as they're going around asking questions and um, mm-hmm. traveling. Uh, the U.S. So again, thanks for everyone that has been supporting the Wide Angle Podium Network, and uh, go to the website to find out more. And uh, you get some pretty sweet swag if you do uh, sign up. <laughs> cool. Uh, this is Stephen Hyde with Cannondale Cyclocrossworld.com, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's get back to the show because we got some uh, sweet reviews to go through. Oh boy, that's my we favorite really, part. We're pushing the Giro back, aren't we, man? We're just making, the, we're just saving the goodness for the end. Well, the, the Giro doesn't come during the pre-lap, little guy. No, I know, I know. I just we're now we're we're in reviews, but all right, let's do it. Let's hear the reviews. I assume five stars. Uh, we, well, the first review we got from Stephen Daly. He emails us and he says, "Hey, consider this your rating." Hey guys, just got to say thanks for the awesome job you do. Your foolishness helped me through my recovery from back surgery this winter and spring. Lots of time off the bike and lots of walking. Yuck. Your humor, (laughs) self-depreciating and otherwise, and thoughtful thoughtful question mark analysis of the Prude Tour helped me through the boring hours of walking, physio, couch laying, etc. I am back on the bike, first metric century in two years this weekend, fighting 50-kilometer winds. With gusts up to 70 the whole way. But I am hooked on the SRPC forever. You rule. Don't ever change you, crazy kids. Seven-star rating. Oh, all right. Steve-o. Well, good. Well, thanks. That's hey. first seven-star. It's it a first seven-star, and I got I got I think that's why he didn't leave it on iTunes is because they didn't allow him to go to seven-stars. So, Steve, thanks for that uh, great yeah. review. Um, yeah. Good luck, luck on your ride. Injury. Let us know how it goes. You know, if you have any sweet pictures, um, let us yeah. know, uh, send them our way. You know, that probably happens a lot where people go to iTunes trying to leave us a review and there just aren't enough stars. Yeah, that's probably why we don't get more reviews. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, uh, people are damn. like, I'll, they're going to add stars. another star. You know, that, like, you know that Apple. I bad leaving just five stars. Ugh. Well, it's, you know, I know I, know I don't want to say this because someone is going to go probably um, uh, Courier Dave up in Cleveland is going to hit us up. But we have yet to ever receive a one star review. I know what I'm waiting <laughs> that for. That is wanna... shocking. <laughs> that is like, that is something I can't believe. Um, and uh, Mike from Minneapolis hits us up with this podcast is batting above its weight. 
Sorry for the mixed metaphor. Been listening to Tim too long. This podcast <laughs> is both fun and informative. The hosts, Luke Warm, Thaddeus Bellwether, and Mark, are a veritable triumvirate of cycling knowledge. My only concern is that they occasionally downplay their back catalog. These early episodes are cycling gold, like a Shit. Continental Sprinter 250 tubular or a 42-centimeter Campione Del Mondo alloy handlebar or a wrap of Bonotto professional cello mm, tape. Yes. These so early great. efforts are classic, if not a bit primitive by today's standards. Yes. As a Minneapolis native who has dealt with the Greenway Pathletes, I really appreciate little guys' tales from the Greenway. Heading over, head over to Wide Angle Podium to make a donation. Got to keep this one going. Thanks nice. for that great review, Mike, from Minneapolis. Yeah, <laughs> um, Careful out there on that good. Greenway. It's That's pretty right. good, especially right it's now. A, they just, you guys, they just tore down the uh, Portland Bridge today, so the Greenway is currently wait closed. what? They closed the bridge. The bridge over the Greenway, is, Portland, torn down. Gone. So is Portland closed? Portland is closed like all, all summer until they build a new bridge. They just tore the it's been closed for a week, week and a half, and they just tore the huh. bridge down today. How long is it gonna be closed for? Uh, they the thing that I saw, they were they sort of said, till it's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Well. No, here no, you guys want to so talk about detour? craziness. Uh everyone's going down Chicago and it's it's kind of crazy around here. Um Cedar's also closed right now. You know what okay. they say about Minnesota? There's two seasons. Yep. <laughs> Winter <Road>. and road <laughs> construction. Oh, yeah. that's oh, a good uh, one. It's a classic. Uh, yeah. I I had a good Greenway incident this week. Was just a guy uh, came up next to me, and like he was going to make the pass before a turn off the Cedar Lake Trail onto the Greenway, oh, um, yeah. right, right where a certain tough ride usually starts. Mm-hmm. And... He did the thing that cars do all the time that, you know, you, you're riding along and a car oh, pulls God. up next to you and they can't decide if they want to be super aggressive and gun it and pass you to make the corner or they they couldn't decide to just stay behind you. So they sort of float next to you and you're like, you can see them on the corner of your eye and you're like, so you want to turn, but you're indecisive. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy did that to me on a bike and he just was next to me and I was like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? So I sped up and I turned and then sure enough, he was behind me, and then he kept kind of riding a little bit off my shoulder. Like, he wanted to pass me, but he didn't want to put the effort in. It took a really long time for him to just accelerate and pass me. It was mm. it was awkward. And then, thankfully, when he turned off the greenway, I also, that's the direction I was going, was down France. So he thought I was, like, stalking him. He kept looking over his shoulder at me. <laughs> you should have just kept following after him. Well, I did, but he like he was like super. He had some cool courier power, and he like jumped the light, and that was like no way, man, that's uh, dangerous. All you had to do <laughs> to really strike fear into him was like, "I'm coming after your Stravas," you know. It's <laughs> like I'm watching you. When we hit the KOMs, so I'm gonna take them right after you I get them. Know who you are? Yeah, no, but yeah. it was awkward. Yeah, <laughs> could be worse. Hey, yeah, um, before we get into our big uh, Giro Stravaganza. Um, Derek um, Gross hit us up and said, Hey, fellas, been listening for almost two years. Love the show and take on most things bike. As aficionados, hey, I'm just pulling info from you about your your link on the Tumblr page. Forgot we had a Tumblr. Of all things, Klein. A friend of mine who shares a similar passion and knowledge of uh, bicycles that um, poured out of Chahalas, Washington, shared this link with me. And it's a link to um, a site of a sweet 
Klein Quantum. I shared it with you guys. Yep. It is that nice uh, high-vis green and look. Thanks, for, thanks to this work of art that can be used as a bicycle, I have now added Klein Quantum to my eBay watch list. I blame yes. my friend and little guy for spreading their love of aluminum bikes from the early 90s like a venereal disease. I've got an itch that can only be fixed with an oversized alloy frame containing a classic Klein faded paint job. Keep the pro Peloton commentary coming, and don't forget to wave at all the lycra-clad banana smugglers on the (laughs) Greenway. So, Derek, thanks for that great email and link. We are big fans. And, little guy, I have a question for you in your Klein Corner, which, if you're a member of the Wide Angle Podium Network, you get that limited edition video of Klein Corner. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to um, start watching Klein Corners on eBay or start watching Kleins on eBay, should yeah. Quantum be the one I'm looking for or is there a uh, was that the top end road bike? They made that and they they made another one that was a slightly more relaxed geometry, didn't they? I don't remember what that one's called. The Quantum so just go for the Quantum. The Quantum, these later Quantum ones like this the one you sent the link to is is you know, probably the most modern esque one you could get. It's probably what you'd mm-hmm. like the most. Right, um, I I really dig the first generation ones that have these kind of cut out lugs and then have steel forks. But that's a whole different animal. But um, yeah, you should you should get in on the quantum game. I I keep I don't need another road bike, but I do keep thinking I should pick one up before the prices go crazy on these because they're yeah. still fairly reasonable for how cool they are and. Yeah, you know, it, they're going to all become collector items, especially with these crazy paint jobs. So I just well, had to uh, pull up pull up my files here um, just to double check. And I do have this second edition of Klein Corner ready to go for you, little oh, guy. If you're, if you're ready to do the next video, we can, uh, uh, we can do volume two. Yeah, I'm so- ready <clears throat> as I can be <laughs> being, a, being a busy dad. Well, that's days. good. But well, that's yeah, good. so... The Giro d'Italia starts its third week. Let's get it out of the way right now. Capital City way. Meets is in uh, fifth to lad play, last place in Velo Games. Spencer's lad in the place. middle. Of is the that pack. a British spot to be? Uh, and little, I'm just going to keep passing on. I don't want to talk about it with Velo Games. Little guy's pretend team because he didn't enter is uh, yeah. clearly the the cream of the crop in our yeah, competition. That's right, but um. <laughs> Real shout out once again to the Baltimore Young Boys of Forza Shells now sitting in 18th place overall in the entire competition. So, guys, I was completely wrong. Imagine that Tom yeah. Dumoulin is the brand new Miguel Indurain. Yeah, he and is. put three minutes clear of Nairo into uh, after the time trial the other day and then continues to take a little bit of time on a, uh, another uh, kind of mountaintop finish. That was is the craziest this- part. Dumoulin's win, or uh, is it in the bag, or does he have something to worry about with this crazy week ahead? He's, I, he's, he's still got to worry. Yeah, he's still got to worry. I mean, look at, I mean, like everyone's been saying, this point last year, we all said uh, Christwick had it, right? And yep. then, holy crap, did the race get thrown upside down. There's a lot of big mountains to come, though Dumoulin has been looking pretty, pretty comfy on the hills so far. So well, did you see uh, designated Movistar team sprinter Nairo Quintana on Sunday <laughs> stage taking the six second time bonus, losing to the hair machine Bob Jungles? Um, anyways, I thought it was a, a, a good event. I will say when Dumoulin 
beat Nairo and dropped him a little bit. It was kind of one of, it was at the top of a mountain, but it was a pretty long, like kind of false yeah. flat at the end. So it didn't well, really match Nairo's style as much as it matched the style of the diesel. It's true. I, I gotta say, I wasn't digging this Giro for that first week. It was kind of boring. I felt like it wasn't getting exciting, but the way they've, if this pattern holds, this third week should be amazing and crazy. And, and the second week was just enough excitement and actually a good use of a time trial, if I might say so. It was yeah. all right. Cause it was on a Tuesday, so we didn't really have to watch it. That was kind of, <laughs> well, nice. yeah, yeah, we didn't have to watch it and it, it did, it made the, it made the race. Hopefully it sets it up to be exciting in that we have a pretty good time, like climber, but who's, a great time trialist who's got a big lead and we've got a whole bunch of climby dudes behind him. And so they have to attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, how do you feel? The The biggest sad story for me in the Giro was, yeah. um, Tanel Kangert of Astana, the Estonian, um, crashing out in epic fashion from his top 10. I mean, he was kind of getting a, a top 10, thrust into the team leadership after um, the passing of Scarponi. And then that crash was, I mean, that was pretty epic. The full rotation in the air over the bike over, it was like a scorpion. The the heels over the head um, out with a fractured elbow, I believe. They said he's going to be out six months. His season is effectively over. And this was really his coming out party, which is very um, It was. That was a bummer because, yeah, he was definitely having his best race ever. And then... uh... God, that crash looked that looked terrible. That that uh, was probably the worst crash I've ever seen from like a like the shocking moment. Maybe the women's crash at the uh, road race at the Olympics in uh, Brazil. Yeah, that was um, also this up one there. was very sad to see him go out. And um, so the race itself um, is is plug is playing out. Uh, you know, playing up to expectations. I think in the third week here, with uh, everyone kind of still relatively close. Any big surprises from a certain American GC hopeful on your guys' end? Or no. are any feelings of emotion that you're you're surprised about? That I have, yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> I, I am feeling. I feel bad for TJ, man. I'm like, I was like listening to him talk the other day after he imploded for second or third straight day or something. And obviously he's struggling too, not just physically, but just like, I understand, you know, he's a human. The emotional weight of being the supposed GC guy and then, you know, we must say he's sucking it up pretty bad. I feel bad for him. I I, kind of think I might need to stop ragging on him so much. And it's sad that he's down, but I guess what bugs me the most about TJ is that he just doesn't seem like a nice person in all of the media interviews. I can't find myself really like he's always complaining about something that it's hard for me to. It's kind of like when the bully, like when I was a school teacher, right? And there'd be the bully, and then you'd see the bully every now and then, like trip and fall, and no one else like saw him trip and fall, like just me as the teacher, and I still didn't go over there to help him up because. All right, so if you couldn't tell, that was the exact moment that something went horribly wrong with Tim's microphone and ruined the last 10 minutes of the podcast. So uh, I'm going to uh, just cut it off there because it's pretty much unlistenable. 
And uh, you guys are going to have to do your imaginations uh, for all the great jokes that were said uh, after that uh, incident. And uh, and the jokes were great. I'm, I'm going to say we really we really nailed it. And unfortunately, uh, we can't bring that to you um, due to the podcast Krampus uh, cursing us yet again. So I'm just going to wrap it up here quickly. We'll be back next week uh, to talk about Tom Dumoulin shitting the bed and other such things uh, with the Giro and all things cycling as you've come to expect. But anyways, thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for tuning in, for being a listener. Um, you guys are great. You're the reason why we do it. And, uh, and you know, we don't advertise this show anywhere, so you guys are the only reason uh, anybody knows about it. So keep telling your friends and your riding buddies about us. And uh, hopefully we can uh, continue to grow the show. Uh, thanks also to BK1 uh, for the use of his track, Tema de Cannibal, off the album Radio de Cannibal, and soon to also be the producer of my uh, wedding playlist. So big shout-outs to BK1 from Rhyme Sayers. Thanks to all of you tweeting about the show and telling your friends. Thanks to everyone who gave us a review this week. Uh, leave us reviews next uh next week and we'll read them on the show and if you haven't already uh click subscribe on itunes check us out on wideanglepodium.com check out all the other shows in wideanglepodium.com you will definitely find some stuff you like or can at least pass the time with um you know on your commute to work or wherever you uh are listening to your podcasts Remember always to wave at your fellow spandex clown suit-wearing nerds that you pass out on the road, even if they have a banana in the shorts, even if they have a chicken biscuit in their pocket. But not if they're in city limits or on a bike path, because that just seems like probably too much work. Uh, Anyway, and for us, uh, we'll catch up with you again next week, like I said. Um, But until then, don't be that guy. And uh, also, Mark, our intern, should be back uh, on the show next week, so look for him. And again, apologies for Tim's microphone. It failed like Ricardo Rico failed an EPO test. It failed like George Ngappi's steerer tube at Peru Bay. It failed like tim's predictions for the zero and for that we apologize we're gonna have that fixed for next week see you then the slow ride podcast bikes advice and rumors straight from the source the slow ride podcast.com and on twitter at the slow ride Pod.